all to a special edition of the Sports Rap Podcast, um, a continuation of our interview series. And I have some young ladies in the building today. And if you know me and you know the show, the podcast, Sports Rap, you know that we are sports, but we also are heavily involved and want to continue to be heavily involved in our community. So as I'm doing my due diligence, I'm preparing for Monday's shows, and I came across a group of young ladies, African-American young ladies, and I saw the work that they do, saw the work that they have done, and as I normally do, I had to reach out and see if I could get them in for an interview to talk about themselves, their businesses, and their nonprofit organization, which is the Royal Sisters Project, by the way. So I have the three ladies here. I have Paige and Naja, the co-founders, and I also have Miss Anye. And I have to apologize to them, and I'm going to do this on there. I already did it via email, but I sent out my confirmation letter and my spell check on my iPhone messed up the names. So I don't know who it was that actually sent me, but thank you, whoever it was that made, um, caught that and sent it to me and brought it to my attention rather. So we are here. And I also just found out that one of these young ladies is the daughter of a friend. She's been here before at Heat 100 Radio, so she's cool. The other two young ladies, I, I don't know how. We're going to have some fun with it today. But it is a pleasure to have these three young ladies here. And again, like I said, business owners, community activists, created a nonprofit. The Royal Sisters Project is here in the building. So, what I'm going to do first is I'm going to have the ladies introduce themselves, and then we're going to get right into it. So whoever wants to go first can go first. I don't mind going first. Um, this is Najia, and I am one of the co-founders of Royal Sisters Project. Hi, this is Paige. I'm the other co-founder of Royal Sisters Project. Hi, my name is Anya, and I am the board member of Royal Sisters Project. I ah, see. So they are very, very vocal and apparently proud of what they do. I see the, the smiles and the looks on their faces where it's giving me the vibe that they are excited to discuss what they do. So I do have some questions. Uh, I know you guys sent me your media press, and that was a big help. Uh, it helped with some of the questions that I had. I actually changed some of the questions that I had. But what I'm going to do for you all first before we get into this is I'm going to read their mission statement. And you have to understand, people, everything that is going on in our city and our communities right now, people like this are in dire need. Um, we're going to talk a little bit later about some of the collabs that they do with some people. And everything is just a huge, huge positive. And I'm excited because of the looks of their ages. 
Um, I'm a little older, but the looks of their ages, it, it just, and I see their, their, if you see their faces, um, we are live on Facebook, Sports Rap Podcast is the group page. I'm sure the ladies are on their lives as well. But when I just said that about the ages, I saw their faces in the smile. And, and I just say that because I want to commend you for your youth and being willing and able to help women and our youth of the community. So here is the mission statement. Royal Sisters Project became a 501c3 nonprofit in 2019. We have been providing resources and community service in the Philadelphia area. What sets us apart from others is our ability to connect with those women and youth that we help. Our diverse background and education allows us to educate. Our vision is to help at-risk teens as well as promoting women empowerment while building a sisterhood. So, we have that, and you heard that. So, again, what I'm going to do now is we're going to start here with I have it my way, or have it my way. <laughs> yeah. Told you we was going to have some fun with it today. And just so y'all know, I, I, I do my homework. So the whole time from when we actually um, reached out to, when I reached out and we made contact, I've been just going through your stuff and picking stuff apart. So going to be some more chuckles and it's going to be some fun going on. But um, like I said, and then lady, this is, that was actually her Instagram handle. They, you will get all of that before we close out today. I'm going to make sure that you get all of that, get all the inf information you need on how to get in touch with these ladies. So, Miss Anye, give us a little bit of your background and then close out with how you got to be part of Royal Sisters Project. Okay. So, I am currently, my full-time, well, my credentials are licensed clinical social worker. So I have experience working in the schools and in mental health therapy. So that's pretty much what I went to school for. Got my master's in social work and then my clinical license. And, you know, just all, all in all, just been very much um, interested in serving the community in many ways, um, whether it be mental health related, um, you know, food insecurity related, um, and kind of just mentorship in general. So I think that with that, feeling my my desire um, to be a part of Royal Sisters Project, I think that's kept me to, and wanted me to be included with this. Again, I am the board member, um, so I've actually known um, Nigeria and Paige outside of um, being a part of Royal Sisters Project. I've known Nigeria, I went, we went to college together. We went to Millsville University. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, her and Paige linked up and started the nonprofit, and they asked me to be a part of the board. And I said, yeah, like I said, my background, I love to serve. And it was just another, you know, you know, opportunity for me to do so. So, yes, that's how I became a part of it. I've been a part of it since maybe like, I don't know, October or November of September. I mean, of 2019, like right yeah. as we became a nonprofit. Um, 501 uh, sorry, 501C3 <laughs> nonprofit. So, yes. Um, yeah, so that's how I became a part of it, and, you know, I do a lot of other things on the side as well, but, yeah, that's, that's me. Cool. Mm -hmm. We, we just gonna go right around in circle. Oh, okay. Um, so, I'm Paige, also known as Paris Golden on Instagram. 
Um, I pretty much, I started out being a paralegal and ended up realizing that I really like to work with youth and that women empowerment was something that was really important to me. Um, and like Anya said, we met up, me and Najia met up and decided that we wanted to give back to the community. So we went ahead and started to do that. Um, and then was the birth of Royal Sisters Project. Um, outside of Royal Sisters Project, I am a serial entrepreneur. Um, I was just talking recently, I own a wine business and a bakery, um, a cupcake business. Um, but that's pretty much the gist of it. We met up and we made stuff happen and that was the birth of Royal Sisters Project. Cool. Oh, so I guess it's on me. Same stuff. Okay. Um, so I guess in a sense of my background is I went to Millersville. I have a bachelor's in social work. My job as of right now, my full-time job is working with youth that have been in foster care. So my passion has always been working with youth. Um, and I would say the challenging youth, the ones that no one really wants to work with, that was my, always have been my passion. Um, and yeah, and I think that the women empowerment, I went to Philadelphia High School for Girls, 256, is anybody on here? <laughs> 256. So I think that was the birth for me of just wanting to empower women and yeah, give back to younger women. And I think that um, the birth of Royal Sisters, like Paige said, we had met up. Um, actually, a mutual friend had hooked, hooked us up, like, oh, Paige mm -hmm. is good with business. You want to start a nonprofit? And then we right. yep, met up, talked came up with some ideas and were your sisters that was the birth of that cool so there you have it folks it's always good to have um people outside of each other that you can connect with and you see what has formed here again folks i, I know you follow me and i know you saw the post and what you should have done was you should have checked them out while you looked at my post and liked my post because i saw you liking the post and all of that so but you should have went and checked them out which is what I intended um, for the post, also for promotion for today. Uh, real quick, shout out to Ed Squeaky Bonaparte. <laughs> and, uh, hey, Dad. Mr. Hey, Dad. Ed, <laughs> I am definitely uh, going to be talking to you soon. Uh, so, first and foremost, which uh, idea came out first? I know you do stuff with women, young women, and was it a combination at the same time, or did you start out with the women's empowerment and then branch off into the youth um, at risk? You at risk? You, you so at risk? You. Our first, um, before we became a five hundred one c three nonprofit, our first event was towards women. So I think we started off with the women as for, um, first. Our first event was giving out like uh, toiletry items for women and like personal items for women and then we kind of started actually giving back to the youth even though the youth was always a part of the plan um i think naturally we knew what women needed and it was easier to just go that route since we were women and we knew what women needed but that was our first event yeah i think that was our first event but when we sat down and we talked about things mm -hmm. i think that it was both it was both we knew that we wanted to work with women women and we also knew that the youth is what you know, the youth is the future, so we need to hit them. Right. So <laughs> I, I saw, like I said, I, I did my homework, so I, I was looking um, in preparation for today. And I also, another time, and I'll probably do this a couple more times throughout the hour, two hours or so, I want to commend you for 
Um, it looked like you were doing your toiletry giveaway in Kensington. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, if you lived in this city and you know, well, if you live in the city, you know Kensington. If you don't, you ain't really from the city. But the typical mind frame and a lot of the chatter about Kensington is it is drug infested and we wish we know it is but it's typically labeled as an area where people don't want to go and for you guys to go into that community and give out toiletries for women I think was a great thing because I think it promotes you guys and I think it also shows how much you truly care like I know your organization is a nonprofit, and you all have businesses and other things that you do but I think it's a great thing that you went there instead of just picking a regular community and they're one of the worst ones in the city where you went and I think that was I applaud you for that I think that was a great thing so with your women's empowerment what other things are you doing um for the women other than doing the toiletry giveaway i just want to touch base on what you said just now um as far as going into kensington Mm -hmm. when we first started that was really our main focus was kensington even when we started to um give back to the youth um Mm -hmm. we were in kensington we were in kensington feeding them giving out the toiletry items um halloween candy candy to the kids we really a lot of months we really Mm -hmm. our first couple months we was really focused on the kensington area um, and then we kind of branched, branched off into other areas, but that was like our main focus. I feel like Kensington will always have a special place in our hearts. Yeah, and I started. think that our mission actually says that we wanted to serve under-resourced communities, and sometimes, you know, Kensington is the one that's like overlooked, and mm-hmm. you view it as, oh, this is challenging, this is too hard, or, you know, they're still going to do the same thing, but if if they have people that come out that show them that, you know, we care about you, we want you to change, we you know, things like that, I think that they're more likely to change or in the sense of get those resources that they need to change. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Right. And I guess to touch on your question in regards to um, women events and things that we're doing for women, we've done a couple of things. I think in general, the idea is to bring women together to serve the community. Mm-hmm. So even just in our service, like we just, you know, call a lot of women to come together to do that with us. Right. But also like we did like an empowerment hike for women we kind of like told everybody to come out. We kind of just walk together, you know, to mm-hmm. encourage like fitness, you know, physical well-being, but also like just um, just a fellowship essentially with other women. Um, we did we sponsored a spa day for women. Um, we like did the whole thing where we sponsor like for them to get like uh, facials mm-hmm. and eyelashes right. and things like that, just to show that you know they. They're cared for and they are honored and things like that. And, you know, obviously us being mm-hmm. black women, like we always have this um, idea that we have to be strong and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So we wanted right. to be able to um, honor women in that way that we just wanted to recognize those women who work so hard and to give them that pampering day. So we definitely mm-hmm. always recognize what the needs are and figure out how to meet that need. 
definitely. And to piggyback off that, our second event, um, we had women come together. And I think the partnership and the collaboration, because people got jobs out of that. They were able to meet people that was in the field that they wanted mm -hmm. to work in, and then mm -hmm. they ended up, you know, working with the person. So definitely making sure that we make those connections between women in our community. Right. I, I think that's great. Um, and, again, I applaud you for that because I feel like so many times in our communities, African-American communities, it's always been rough because there's always a somewhat stigma where African-American kids and African-American women sometimes feel like they can't get the help or they don't know how to reach out for help. Mm -hmm. And then it makes, for me, it makes it even more special when it's now someone that looks just like them. Uh, because we know that crazy stigma that goes on in the black communities where like with the mental health thing people feel like oh I'm not talking to nobody this that and the third mm -hmm. but to see someone that looks like you I think that loosens people up a little bit and I think that um, you doing that and being willing to do that is a great thing like I said knowledge beyond your years mm -hmm. um, in my opinion so again I'm gonna like I said I'm gonna probably say it quite a few times uh, throughout the show. So when you decided to develop the nonprofit, Spearhead over there, the veteran, <laughs> what was the initial thought process, the serial entrepreneur, what was the initial thought process in developing Royal Sisters Project? Um, I think for me, my initial thought was I worked as a paralegal and I hated it. But before I worked as a paralegal, I worked for Frankfurt High School. And the the way I felt helping those kids and the way I felt at the law firm was not the same. My motivation, I realized, was working with kids. That's what mm -hmm. woke me up in the morning. So I didn't really think about all of the paperwork and like the legal aspect. I kind of just had this focus on, okay, if we go into these communities, and we help these kids, um, you know, our future would be, their future would be better. And that was kind of like my thought process. It was like, okay, let's take one thing at a time. Um, and then when me and Najia linked up and we kind of figured out it was more than what we thought it was, um, I still kind of was like, okay, let's just keep moving forward. Let's just not stay still. Let's keep moving forward until we right. get it done. Right. Nice. Got anything what, you want to add? What was my initial thought? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that my initial thought was always to serve the community to like it was always to serve the community and um yeah like Paige said I didn't know any of the legal things that went into a nonprofit. I worked at a nonprofit and I saw you know how it was ran and things like that mm -hmm. but as far as the legal aspect that wasn't my initial thought it was just like the main focus the mission mm -hmm. right. so. so with you working previously at a nonprofit, if anything what are some things that you took from working there and have brought into the Royal Sisters Project? I think many things. I think that um, definitely, uh, I would say, probably the structure of how things are, I'll bring it to them and kind of like, oh, like, you know, my non the nonprofit that I work for does this, like, maybe we should do this, that, like, do it like that, mm -hmm. run it like that. Um, and then we go from there and do research as far as how you know things should be ran I would say that and also 
serving the mentorship at my nonprofit. We have a mentorship program, and then I'll bring that back. I think that just little things in the nonprofit, in the nonprofit where I work at, I bring back all the knowledge. I think. Cool. So now that you've hit the ground running, and it looks like you are going to continue to run, the three of you together. Now we're going to have some fun. <laughs> Who would any one of you say is, we're going to start off slow, the spearhead for your events? Like, who would you say comes up with stuff and it's like, look, this is what I want to do. I don't care what you say. We're just going to put it all together and this is what we're going to do. Oh, I can see what it is okay, now. So but I'm not going to say I'm going to let y'all handle that. So I think that if we put it like that, maybe... <laughs> Page, but, but I would say that Paige doesn't listen. So in a mm-hmm. sense, it's not like mm-hmm. a, oh, like, it's like, oh, we, this idea, I'm very passionate about this. Mm-hmm. So, so um, it's, it's not a total dictatorship. No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. No. But I would say passionate is good. She'd be passionate yeah. about oh, definitely, things that definitely. she would like to do. So. Yeah. Sometimes, and I'm going to be honest, like sometimes it'll be random days, times of the day, like, oh, we should do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we should do this. That right. <laughs> I mean, I think that's great. Like um, Nigeria just said, the passion mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing. And I, I think that that passion is going to be what fuels you guys to mm-hmm. keep going and continue, and continue your uh, success. Yeah. So which one of you would you say is the most difficult to deal with as far as the planning? Like when you have your meeting, who's who might who would you might say might be the most difficult? I think we all are really good planners. Yeah, like, we, so I don't we think are. we really have. Uh, well, I don't think so because I feel like we all plan to the T, like cross T's that as, but we're all kind of like that. Like Najee is a planner person, which yeah. has a planner. Book. I have a planner business to do. And then right. Anya, I see something wrong. She'd be like, okay, we didn't cross our. And dot our eyes on that. We need to go back and look. Anything we miss, Anya usually picks Pick up really, really fast. So I don't think it's like a difficult planning. Yeah, planning. yeah I don't think. Cool. So, you, so you basically got everything covered. Yeah. I mean, that's great because oftentimes when you have businesses and you have individuals who are all at some point leaders. Um, sometimes you tend to bump heads. Yes. Yeah. So it's great to see that you three ladies have figured out a way to come together and just let it flow. Like you said, teamwork. They always say teamwork makes the dream work. I think with you guys being able to have your different personalities, but when the time comes to focus on business, it's business. It's not... Well, I want to do this, or I want to change this or that. The third is, this is what we're doing. We're going to get this together, and then we'll sit down. And if anything needs to be changed, we'll all come together and change it. It's not like a, it feels like to me, it's not like a, all right, we're going to do this, but all right, I want to do this. Let me call them and tell them what I want to do to change it. I think it's just something that you all come together with throughout the whole concept, which I think also is uh, great as well. 
Yeah, not to say we don't bump heads because we yeah. do bump heads, but I think we always keep yeah. the focus. What's the best thing for Royal Sisters Project? When you don't okay. think about what's best for you, then ultimately the business keeps growing because you're thinking about what's best for the business. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and I think that in the beginning we did learn each other's um, strengths and weaknesses and things like that. So I think that was a positive thing with learning each other, learning each other's mm -hmm. um, personalities. Mm -hmm. and things like that. So definitely we did have to learn that in the beginning. Cool. <clears throat> so with your partnership, <laughs> let me see. I, I'm jumping around here. I got these questions written down, but I, I, I'm going through some things. Who would you guys say is the most outgoing of the three of you? Outgoing <laughs> in, in regards yeah. to like when we do events? Yes. Or when we, okay. Like when it comes to like leading the events, when it comes to like interacting with other people at the events we have. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> wow. I think me or Paige. I don't really know because you interact too. So I really think it's I just depending like all on the event. Kinda yeah, like so. Depending on, we have our specific like roles in different events. Yeah. Like you know, I would go up and maybe introduce somebody, or our Paige would lead activity and Nigeria would you know kind of like talk to the people and engage I think we yeah. all kind of like everybody masters their own yeah. category yeah so we all I feel like every event we kind of like and I think engage. that goes into the planning to the team yeah. how we are planning because like oh like yeah. it's going to happen this time it's going to happen you know you're going to go up and speak like, okay. right because we don't ever want it to just be like okay so who's going to talk no, who's going to talk <laughs> now <laughs> you know we all kind of just plan ahead of time like okay you're going to do this you're going to do this you're going to do this we all kind of <laughs> like work so, I'm going to give all three of the ladies a chance to respond to this. Tell us a little bit about um, what you feel sets you apart as a nonprofit from other nonprofits or other people that you've seen doing things in the community prior to um, starting Royal Sisters. But now that you are Royal Sisters Project, just explain a little bit on what you think the things that you do or what, how you handle things kind of sets you apart from things that you've seen in the past. Um, okay, I'll go first then. Okay. Um, well, I came from an entrepreneur background, so I think I brought a business aspect into Royal Sisters Project. I mm -hmm. feel like everything I'm thinking about when it comes to Royal Sisters, I'm trying mm -hmm. to think of it as a business. I want to move mm -hmm. like it's a business. But I think also, um, because we're all black, we're young, we're African-American females, it's, we're like old enough to be wiser, but we're still young enough to reach back into the youth and understand exactly what it is that they mm -hmm. need. Where a lot of the nonprofits that we work with, most of them are older. Um, I haven't seen any that's all women. I haven't seen any that's all African-American women. So mm -hmm. it's a relatable thing. I think we can relate. We're grown, but we can also still relate to those teenagers, those preteens, those kids, because we're not that much older than them. Right. Um, I would agree with the relatable, the age, um, and then I think that with all of our events and every and all of the give backs that we do, we 
look to see what the community needs. So we go to the community and we see what they need. So um, it's not just us coming up with ideas and just like, oh, they may need this, they may need that. But it's like, you know, sometimes we do do like we do come up with things like, oh, they may need that. But we uh, we are in the community. We grew up in that community. You know, I grew up in North Philadelphia, so I know what they might need or right. things like that. So I think that definitely sets it apart just growing up in that neighborhood. And also, like Paige was saying, as being African-American young women, being able to relate. Yeah, and I think with the three of us, we carry a lot of, like, the, the task and things like that for all of our events on our backs. Like, I feel like a lot of nonprofits have a larger team. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of times we we kind of just carry it our, ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like when we did our give back events, like our food events, we'll go shopping. We'll like bring all the stuff, like cart yes. stuff in our own cars right. to <laughs> the outside events where we're giving out food, set up the table, pull the tables, drag the tables, you know, everything. Yeah. We, we were doing everything. Um, small women. Yes, small women, women right? <laughs> right? And, you know, even, even to the fact that... Um, you know, just different events. Like, we kind of, like like we said, like, we all collaborate, collaborate and we kind of plan to the T because we kind of lead everything. And we definitely have been engaged with other nonprofits and mm -hmm. things like that to collaborate and mm -hmm. um, on different events. But I think that a lot of our events, like, we kind of just, like, do things our own. And I think that sets us apart. And, you know, it's not to say that we're going to stick that way. You know, we definitely are open to expanding and adding mm -hmm. other people to our nonprofit. But I think that so far that's been setting us apart is because we've been doing a lot, just the three of us. Right. And I want to mm -hmm. add to that, there's two other things that sets us apart. Mm -hmm. Everything that we earn, every grant that we get, 100% of it goes back into the community. Mm -hmm. We do not pay ourselves. So right. everything goes back into the community. And um, the second thing would be, maybe it's just the one thing. Yeah, it might be yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think they're great. I just want to touch on um, something real quick, something that, that Paige started with. And she mentioned how they are old enough to see the future and see a step ahead. And then they're also equally young enough to be able to reach out. And I work for DHS. I work at the Juvenile Justice Center. So I understand that concept and a lot of times when I'm at work and I'm talking to other my co-workers and my counselors and sometimes they look at me really strange when I say this to them I say sometimes I say with these kids that we have here I said you have to talk to them and not at them mm -hmm. and they said well I'm the, I mean I understand you're older you're the adult but so many of these kids that we deal with at the Jew Study Center and so many kids in our community either don't have people to talk to, mm -hmm. don't know how to talk to people, or they just don't know what to say if the uh, if the opportunity is presented to them. So I think with you guys being from the communities and like um, Najia said, basically knowing what the community kid needs and also adding that into what you think they might need is a plus. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Because I think that is one of the major things, in my opinion, that might that would set you apart. Because you guys, like Anya also said, you guys are doing all of this. You give your food giveaways, you're going shopping, you're bringing the stuff and setting up and doing all the work. Which is great, because like you said, a lot of other nonprofits that do things, they seem to designate somebody to go shopping or they'll have somebody do the shopping and bring it to the site but you guys are doing all of that legwork on your own and i think that's 
that's phenomenal um, that you work and then you take your time. And it sounds like you put just as much or maybe even more effort into the outside, which is the Royal Sisters Project, than you do at work. Not saying that you don't do your work, but I think I just feel, I mean, everybody works to do whatever, but just sitting here right now hearing you guys talk, I think your passion is a little bit larger for your nonprofit, mm-hmm. even though the work that you do still is dealing with helping women and helping the youth and helping the communities. I think this, because it's yours. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how I feel. I think that's why your passion for it is so huge. And it's um, a, a beautiful thing. I wanted to add something. I knew it was two things that set it apart. <laughs> The second thing was, um, before we started getting our grants and applying to grants, everything was coming out of our pocket. We were using our 9 to 5 job to pay for our events and our mm-hmm. gift bags and, you know, buy school uniforms for students. We were using right. our own money for that. Okay, cool. So now that you said that, why do you think you guys work so well together? I think our, our focus is the same. I think the goal is the same. Um, people that we want to help, I think that's what we have in common. Um, yeah, and I would add to, um, we definitely keep God at the center. Yes. So I think that our core focus is, is the same as far as with keeping God at the center. And then our mission purpose is the same too. So as far as like the mission with Royal Sisters, you know, that's, is, that is the same. But then also with in, inward, like our core beliefs. Are the same, mm-hmm. um, and like we said, we we knew each other outside of Royal Sisters Project, so definitely, I think that's a plus too. So, anybody else want to add in? So, how would you say? <laughs> how would you say you guys have been received by the communities that you've been involved with so far? Everybody's been pretty open. Um, we partner with a lot of people. Everybody's. I think uh, the Treehouse Ryan was like the first. Um, organization that we partner with and he put it right underneath his wing and you know kind of twitter some things and put his own game um yeah and I think that a lot like Paige said a lot of communities definitely I said a lot of communities a lot of organizations definitely like kind of like took us under their wings um probably because we are different and we're not going in as if we know everything because we don't know everything we're you know learning we're new we're learning we want to learn so yeah, I agree. And to Paige's point, um, we got connected with Ryan Harris with As I Plant the Seed, and he definitely connected us to a lot of other um, organizations and things like that. And, you know, in there, as you probably already know, we put our first community refrigerator at his yeah. nonprofit. Yeah. So I think that kind of opened more doors for people to know who we are, wanting to know, wanting to like, you know, figure out how to engage with us more, come out to our events, or even serve with us. So I think that that has been helpful. And, you know, from there, the people in that community and even just the larger community of just Philadelphia started to know who we are and, you know, wanted to get involved in what we do. Cool. So just one question, and any one of you can answer or all three of you can answer. How do you plan to attack or break the generational curses in our community with your nonprofit? Um, financial literacy. We we do that now. Um, teach kids about stocks and saving and how to open up a bank account. Um, just 
simple things that we probably should learn a lot earlier that could help them get out of generational curses. I think that is really big right now because a lot of people um, younger than us aren't thinking about real estate. They're thinking about using their money to buy sneakers or, I don't know, studio time. But we're trying to yeah, make sure that everybody, everybody wants to be a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to make sure that they understand that multiple streams of income is very important. Like before you could have one job and everything is like, okay, but right now you need to have multiple streams of income. You need to be able to leave something behind for your children and your grandchildren. Those things are really important. So we try to make sure that we communicate that with um, the communities that we work with. So I would say financial literacy, but also just knowledge. Um, and Paige had hit on it too, just things that we wish we would have known earlier. So I guess in a sense of tackling the youth, because the youth, obviously, we know is the future. So tackling them and then teaching them the financial literacy or teaching them things that we didn't know, like young girls, just about anything. Um, so I think that definitely just sharing the knowledge that we have from the different experiences or different um, education that we might have. So knowledge is number one. Yeah, and I think that generally, I think we take more of a holistic approach when it comes to, like, addressing the generational curses and, like, kind of, like, fighting against it. You know, even on the last event with the um, Stop the Gun Violence event, I think, you know, we definitely want to tackle the generational curse of, like, um, being in poverty and also um, being a, a, falling a victim to violence, you know, in your, commu in your mm -hmm. community and things like that. So, you know, so that youth don't feel like they have to, because of what they see, mm -hmm. um, have to engage in those violent acts. They can, they can like, right. you know, kind of like exert that energy into more social, socially appropriate activities like boxing mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. So definitely holding events and, you know, something we do want to do in the future, like having like a youth center, you know, something that's going to be more central for youth to go to where they don't feel like they have to engage in those um, negative behaviors in the streets. So I think that generational curse or generational um, things kind of like are all around, not even just like yeah. financial, right. you know, kind of just like physical health, you know, mm -hmm. mental health and all Therapy. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. And I guess in a sense, too, also just letting them, letting youth and other people see that the people that look like them, like you mentioned before, like look like them um, are doing different things than what they see, may see in their neighborhoods. Um, so I think that's very important, too just, you know, being that mm -hmm. um, image, I guess, yeah. <laughs> for youth to see. Cool. Yeah, I, I also, just to piggyback what you all said, I also think that it's great that you said that, the financial literacy, and I kind of lumped that into the business aspect of the world, where, like you said, people, our youth and our women can feel comfortable now that as far as on the women's side, I see someone that looks like me that's doing it so there's no reason that I can't do it and the youth see some people that look like me that are doing it doing it in a different way and I can change and that's kind of like like I said all of this ties into what we try to do on our show on Mondays on the sports show we always try to give the fans the fan perspective and then we like to introduce them to the business side so they fully get an understanding of what's going on and how things are run and as far as with the sports, we like to tell them that there's other ways that you can get into the sport because you're not going to be able to play forever. Mm -hmm. There's going to come a time when you're not going to be able to play. But there are also ways that you can still stay around the game or whatever sport it is uh, that you like. With that being said, 
we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we are going to jump into the events that you have done. Uh, and like I said, I've been looking, so I've seen some things. And I want you to talk to us a little bit about the things that you have coming up. I know you got the ending of a drive tomorrow, and then I saw the shop, shop and sip. So we'll talk about that on the other side. Folks, you have been tuned in to special edition of the Sports Red Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. We will see you on the other side in just a couple minutes. All right, is that myself? I'm supposed to, you know, make sure that that, that youth, you know, was safe. We were supposed to save that youth. Because there's so many of them, and it's so little of us, I felt that we had a responsibility to do something to reach out um, to the ones that, you know, were still out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Like I said, um, I, I saw that event, and again, I wish I could have attended. Uh, but ironically, just the other day, um, I found out that one of the kids that I had at the Youth Studying Center was killed. And it, it's just crazy, like you said, you were tired of so many people um, dying. And initially, I've been working there for 20 years, and like initially when I started, uh, when I heard about things happening to the kids outside of work, it kind of hurt. Um, but sad to say, but I'm just being brutally honest, and it's not that I don't care, but in a small way, I'm somewhat numb to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not the full emotion anymore, but the emotion is still there because, like you said, these kids are so young. Mm -hmm. And some of them are so talented, Mm -hmm. so creative, and they're not given the opportunities to develop Mm -hmm. that creativity in the right way. I remember one time I was there and I was talking to the kids and they were all talking about, we just had a discussion, like no holes barred. You can talk to me any way you want to talk, whatever, whatever. And they were all saying, well, no, well, I got to do this because my friends and I need protection and this and that. And then I got to sell this because I need to help the family. I said, well, I said, look at it this way. I said, when you guys are standing on that corner, how many of you is it? And the general number was at least like five, six guys on that corner. Mm. And I said, okay, so you said you need to make some money. And this was back when, when everybody was wearing white T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Anywhere you went, everybody had on a white T-shirt. And I said, so what do you think about going and buying white T-shirts? And selling them. Buy them in bulk. And I said, and then you go back in the hood and sell them. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, I don't move around that much. If you can stand on that corner and sell some weed or sell some crack, everybody know to come. If you in that hood, all you got to do is sell one or two T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Somebody ain't going to go around the corner. Oh, man, I need a white tee. Who got it? Oh, you can go right around the corner and get a T-shirt. They will sell. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and was like, dang, we didn't think about it like that. I said, yeah, because you are now so into what's going on around you and you feel like you got to just jump right into that when there are a whole lot of other ways. I said, you don't realize also in every neighborhood, it's a beauty salon, it's a barbershop. You can go to the barbershop. You can sell the T-shirts in there. I said, I used to work in a barbershop. When I worked in a barbershop, I didn't want to wear anything but a white T-shirt. 
And they was like, well, I said, well, because the lighting and everything is perfect with a white T-shirt. I said, you go in the barbershop, you can sell a case of white T-shirts mm-hmm. in no time. I said, then on the flip side of that, you got beauty salons. I said, y'all don't understand. Women spend money. No disrespect or nothing like that, but it's just a known fact. Women spend more money than men do. And I said, same place you go buy the T-shirts, go buy some socks. And they was like, socks? I said, dude, you'd be surprised. You go buy some of the colored socks with the designs and everything on them, go in the beauty salon, and you will never be amazed. You will be amazed at how fast you could sell them. And, you know, some of the kids get it. So I think one of the benefits for me is when I'm out and about every now and every so often, I see the kids and they're like, oh, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. You know, and I said, well, that's good. Keep it up. You know, and I always tell them, I said, it's no issue if you and your friends are together and you feel like something is getting ready to go wrong and you go the opposite way. Mm-hmm. I said, that's one of the perfect ways to find out who are your true friends. Mm-hmm. I said, if they keep egging you on to go with them, then you know definitely that you need to try and start removing yourself mm-hmm. from that situation. And I also said, I'm not saying that you can't go and say, hey, what's up to them? They're your friends. I understand that. I know that. But you have to start being more aware of your surroundings where you don't have to be lumped into everything else. Mm-hmm. And then they get into the, yeah, well, the cops come, they lock everybody up, and they put... I said, okay, but... When they go through you, they ask you for ID and this, that, and the third. And like I said, you got to start feeling it. And once you start feeling it, go the opposite way. Mm-hmm. And if they feel like you turned your back on them, whatever, so then they were never your friends, your real friend to begin with. So just getting back to that, I saw one of the things that I saw was actually impressive to me, where at that same event, you had someone showing the people that attended how to care for a gunshot wound. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to do that? Um, so I think because so many youth are faced with that kind of situa- those kind of situations, we want to make sure that they know how to, if they get shot, they know how to hold on into the ambulance kit, that they know how to treat that wound so they can, you know, expand their lifetime their their expand their life is that how you say it? okay um or if they're with somebody their lifespan thank you or if they're with somebody that gets shot we want to make sure that they know preventative methods so you know they don't die right yeah I, again i just thought that was a great idea because i'm sure so many of them so many of us don't know what to do i mean i, I feel like the initial response is, oh, let's hurry and get them to the hospital. Let's do this. Let's do that. And sometimes that's not always Mm -hmm. the best case. Sometimes what you just showed them is the better way to expand or extend their lifespan. I was getting ready to say (laughs) But I was paying attention. So talk to me a little bit about what you guys got ending up tomorrow. A coat drive. Oh, I can talk briefly about it. So um, we're actually partnering with an organization, um, Power Circle, and another organization, Rocky. Um, Deploy. Huh? Deploy. Deploy. Mm -hmm. Um, We're also partnering with Keisha's Kitchen um, and uh, Trans Art and Meek Streets as well. Yeah, so, and then yesterday we, um, what, they were collecting the coats collecting the coats for the coat drive, and then tomorrow 
they will be giving out the coats that have been collected and taking your time. Yeah, so it's tomorrow um, from 1 to 5 at 4635 Frankfurt Avenue, Philadelphia, PA, 19124. Um, we're giving out coats, hats, gloves, and scarves, and Thanksgiving dinner. Mm, Thanksgiving dinner. Can I come? Yep. <laughs> yes, you can. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about the shopping set, because I'm sure... People are that that's going to get some attention. People are going to want to hear about that. So pretty much, we came up with the shop and sip idea to raise funds. We're partnering with um, a teacher that's at Camelot to take some kids out on an outing. That we're going to take them skating. So we decided to do a fundraiser, which we do every month. And this is our sipping shop. It's uh, December nineteenth from one to four. It's forty six nineteen Longshore Avenue, Philadelphia, PA. For those who want to come out and. Um, support or go shopping and then we have vendor slots available our early bird um, ticket is $60 our regular ticket is 65 and all of that information can be found on our Instagram page as well as our website our Instagram is Burial Sisters Project and if you register through the Eventbrite link um, you go ahead and pay and then we'll send you a vendor application agreement cool so folks listen if you got some items you want to sell some art whatever you want to do link up with these ladies because you can get in and you can get it, get your foot in the door. It will only bring more good things. It will only bring more blessings. So where do you see Royal Sisters Project in the next three to five years? Oh, we're going to be the next YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> mm. We big, okay? <laughs> I, I love it. I, I, love, I love the confidence. Um, but I guess in a sense our main focus is definitely to have a community hub um, where youth and women can come um, and receive those resources that we're offering now. So that's number one, I think, to have that um, hub. Yeah, have hubs. Hubs. With an S. <laughs> yeah, see, hubs. Yeah. Ladies that are about their business. Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we want to have transportation, like some type of bus or van um, for yes, youth. Yes. We want to make sure that we're offering them pretty much the things that we're offering them now, generational wealth classes, financial wealth classes, uh, therapy, resources to find jobs. We want to make sure we have multiple. We want to expand and be, be larger than life. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. So now that we've got that done, still got a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, you guys have pretty much, I'm looking, looked over my questions, and we pretty much covered um, a lot. So, we can have a little bit of fun now. We'll flip it, and you two guys will be the, you three guys will be the interviewer, and I'll be the interviewee. Is there anything that you guys want to ask me? Well, I guess when, or, so you said that you worked right now for the juvenile justice system. Mm -hmm. Um, what made you want to be a, I guess, radio host or what you're doing right now? Wow. Um, how you want me to answer that? You want me to be honestly or you want me to just answer? (laughs) (laughs) See, see, man, I just figured out who's the most demanding one I had to do. (laughs) Paige just looked at me and she was like, um, sir, honestly, please. (laughs) Um, so yeah, well. Actually, since she said that, I will give you the entire true story. Um, I went to interview at another radio station. And it was brought to my attention because 
me and my friends, we always, well, typical guy stuff, we always talk sports. Mm-hmm. Anytime we get together, we got, like, my five closest friends, we got, some of us like the same teams, we like different teams, so we're always back and forth when different seasons start, but we always talked about sports. And I went to interview at another radio station, and that particular station um, wasn't suitable to where I wanted to go, where my thought process was when I started. Um, I wanted to do it where I could do it at least once a week, but I wanted to be consistent with the every week. Mm-hmm. At that particular station, I was the way their schedule was set up, I was on every other week. And I didn't feel comfortable, and I didn't feel like I would get my true worth out of doing it every other week because I always felt like I would be behind the week. Mm-hmm. So my partner at the time, my co-host at the time, knew Monica and talked to her, and we came and met. And then I came here, and I got the slot for a Monday morning, um, 11 to 1, which was kind of like perfect uh, because you got the whole week in the weekend, and I usually recap the weekend and get you set up for the week. And then I go through other stories that are like trending or whatever and things of that nature. But I have always been told for the longest that I had a good radio voice. I had a voice for radio. And initially, I didn't know how to take it because in a small way, I kind of felt like, oh, well, like, dude, like, you radio voice like ain't nobody gonna see me so you telling me i can't be on tv or something like that like what's going on whatever but you know as i thought about it and as i dealt with it um i still get that same thing it's like your voice is just like perfect for radio and this is where i am i've been doing it ever since that's a real thing. I feel like um, there's a couple people who have like radio voices, like Steve Harvey. I think he has a radio voice, mm-hmm. and a lot of those people who have good radio voices, they do like um, like what is it? Over talk. Voice voiceovers. Voiceover. Mm-hmm. Over. Same thing. <laughs> um, voiceover. So yeah, that's a thing. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's a skill. That's a talent. Yeah. Because yeah, everybody don't have it, obviously. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just like working at it. Um, like I said, I, I'm trying to be consistent with it. Um, I've most recently after the first two years have definitely tried to incorporate my social media into the show. Whereas like my personal Facebook page like hasn't been touched in like months, years. Mm-hmm. Everything that I do on social media is centered around the sports rap podcast. And the show has grown. Um and I'm actually proud of that. It's helped me get into some places where I've always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I have connection with the Delaware Blue Coats, uh, the Camden Monarchs, the ABA team. I was affiliated with the Philadelphia Soul when they were still in. Uh, at one point, if you check the website, I actually had the Soul cheerleaders on for an interview. Uh, it's just a passion, and it's kind of like my release from work. And like I said, since I deal with the kids there and I work in admissions, so I see them come in with the gunshot wounds. I see them come in high. I see them come in abused. Anything that you can almost possibly think of, I see it when they come in. And it's 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 straining. It's draining mm-hmm. because you feel 
for these kids. And sometimes it makes me wonder, how was this going on? Mm-hmm. And when I was their age, it was totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, it was totally different. But it's where we are now. So the best that I can do is what I continue to do. Mm-hmm. Talk to the kids while I'm there. And as far as with the show, anytime that there's something dealing with the youth, I'm pretty much all over it. Um, like you saw how I posted um, the stuff for you guys for this day. And Paige, I'm sure you'll send me all the other information for the shop, shop and sip so I can get that posted on my social media as well so I can get some people to come to that. And it's just a thing where I just had a passion for the youth. Those are my two things, passion for the youth and a passion for sports. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to make a mark, and I tend to use the podcast as my platform for dealing with the youth. So like I said, anytime that I can be somewhere um, that's positive, that is promoting something positive or dealing with the youth, I try my best to be to as many events as I possibly can. So that's just, that's where I'm at with it. That's good. I think um, with all the stuff going on in the world, it could really weigh heavy on your heart. So having those like releases so you could be mentally, you know, okay to help them. If you're not okay, then you can't help them. Yeah. So that's good. You know, also I think it helps that, like I said, I say to the kids, I'm I lived in the same hood. I grew up in the same hood. Also with my, my cohorts, my cohorts, uh, Baldy, Hunting Park, Area Avenue. And if you know the city, you know what they say about those two neighborhoods. But I feel like I can reach to them, reach back to them, knowing what I've been through and what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not the same, totally the same, but I feel like I can deliver just being me, looking like them, and being able to say, for the most part, that I've escaped most of that. I got through most of that. Mm-hmm. Give them something that they can look forward to. And again, like I said in the beginning, somebody that looks like them. That's not going to tell them, look, I need you to go to this corner mm-hmm. and take this pack, you know, and get a couple of dollars, you can get whatever, whatever. No, I'm going to tell you how you can go somewhere and get a job or you want to hustle. Look, like we said, go buy them T-shirts, mm-hmm. you know. Um one of the things, other things that impressed me a while back, we had a young man on the show at 11, and you might know him, Brandon Ross, studying now, studying never stops now. At 11, 12 years old, he was, he started making bracelets. He was making oh, basketball yeah. bracelets, was bracelets for books, where he would make these bracelets and sell them. But his profit would go to buying books to take to barbershops so the kids could have books to read while they were in a barbershop. Mm-hmm. And now he's doing very well with this Studying Never Stops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Nigeria saying, yeah, so you know that. And that was another thing that impressed me, and we had him on the show. So I just like to show the youth that there is a way, and there are people that you can reach out to, that you can talk to, that look like you, that have been through some of the things that you've been through, that you can bounce stuff off of, and they mm-hmm. will help you. Um, again, I commend you all for the women's aspect because working where I work, I found so many times and so many issues where those young ladies there 
are so confused where, again, they don't know how to ask people for help. Um, and when you're in that environment, detention, when you ask people for help, they may, quote unquote, send you to mental health, mm-hmm. psychiatrist, yeah. and then they're all white. There's no faces that look like you. So you go into that room sometimes, and I've seen them go into that room sometimes and talk to them, and they come out no better than what they were before they went in. Sometimes they come out worse, mm-hmm. you know, and just walking from, like, their office and walking them back to their actual unit, I try to talk to them, and a lot of times they tell me, it's like, well, he, he really or she didn't really understand what I was talking about. And I said, well, you might not want to hear this. I said, but you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand you because... Some of the stuff that you told them, they had no clue yeah. and will never have a clue. So they can't really help you. I said, but talk to the counselors on your unit. You know, well, they don't want to talk. I said, but you got to keep trying because those are the people that you will get the most beneficial, inf- mm-hmm. beneficial information from because they look like you. They've been through some of the things that you've been through. So that's... Yeah, what I try to do. Any more questions? Don't hold back. Don't, don't hold back. I'm I'm here. I'm an open book. And let me say, you know, I feel like I always got the questions. You know what one good? Because you were trying to get it from the beginning. Yeah, y'all can collaborate and get me with one. I'm, um, mm-hmm. You going to ask your question? No, no, go ahead. Oh. What, so since you've been doing this, who was your favorite person to... Um, interview on this show, or what was your best interview experience besides us? Because we know, we know us. But anyone else? I'm not even doing this for a minute, but okay, okay. Right. Aside from you guys, mm-hmm. and let me just say, um, small disclaimer: that this interview is. Definitely uh, one of the best because of the dialogue and the concept and what you guys do mm-hmm. that was brought to the table. Uh, also, at top of that list is, ironically, two more African-American females, um, Shawnee Harvey and Tracy Horn, mm-hmm. personal trainers, uh, next-level personal training. Um, I actually had them on a while back. And then they sparked and actually had their own show for a little while mm-hmm. uh, with the station. But um, on my anchor feed, as far as um, the audio for the podcast, that is one of my most listened to interviews. So mm-hmm. that one, you guys. And there was, there are two, wow, three gentlemen that I also had. Um, no, there's a third. I might get in trouble for this, but mostly all of them are women. Um, there's another lady, um, Shawana Jordan, um, who developed her own uh, sports agency for women um, out of Chicago. Then there are two guys. Uh, one guy that I've known for a long time, um, Anthony Gilbert, uh, who is a writer for Slam Magazine um, and works for the NBA, him. And then there's another trainer, a gentleman by the name of James Clark, who also um, has been interviewing he's been here several times he usually comes 
Um, his normal time to come is uh, around March Madness when we do the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. So, yeah, those, those are pretty much the top mm-hmm. ones. I have a question. The top 50. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said I was open book and I wasn't going <laughs> to. I have a question. So, as an African-American man, how do you, um, outside of your job, how do you help the community? Wow. Um, again, I always try to steer young men, um, in the right direction. Um, if I see young men out in the street doing something that I feel like might be wrong, you know, I I just ask them, what are you doing? You know, this is not something that you should be doing. Um, you know, if you get in trouble, I'm going to see you. And I think it's somewhat sparks a light from then they go well, well how I'm gonna see you see because I work at the youth study center mm-hmm. and I work in admission so if you get locked up I'm gonna see you again mm-hmm. and then we're gonna have a real long talk but I always I just try to be again an open book mm-hmm. um I just try to be available for young people if they need to talk if they want to talk uh again like you said when people have events uh for youth um, whatever it is, I'm always there and I usually do coverage for the show, but I also try to get involved mm-hmm. and I always try to make it a point to at least, um, steal a couple minutes to talk to the young men or the young women that are there. So I, I'm always, like I said, I'm always trying to talk to the youth, um, to get them to see that there are other ways to get out of the community other than being a rapper or being an athlete. I'll take that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Are you sure? Sure. So, it, it was great. Um, again, great having you guys here. Like I said, uh, although I was forced a little bit too, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to mess with y'all a little bit. No. Um, again, another... A uh, great interview in the series, like I said, and I think this is going to be um, one of the top interviews um, as far as my viewers. Like a lot, a lot of times, I get people that don't usually view the stuff until later, but once I post the audio up, I'm definitely going to get some responses for that. But just being here, like I said, and again with your youth and your knowledge beyond your youth, is again one of the things that attracted me to you guys when I saw the work that you did and this is yeah definitely right up there in the top two as far as um interviews for the show and and again like I said I think I think that's one of the benefits of uh our podcast where it is a sports based but I also do interviews here and like I said I'm doing this and this is like was not really sports based at all but I like to give information and I like to make my followers and my listeners aware of people that look like us that are doing great and big things in our community that that they may not know about and I just feel like if I can shed some light on that that I'm helping somebody somewhere um Great, great dialogue. Like I said, um, I am 
truly impressed uh, of the fact that you guys say that everything that you make as far as the nonprofit goes back into the community, which is a great thing. Um, I also am impressed that you guys work full-time jobs, but you basically work two full-time jobs, in my opinion. And again, like I said, I, I see and I feel the passion for the Royal Sisters Project, and I wish you continued success um, and even more success. And just to say before we close out, you guys have my contact information. Um, if there's anything going on and you do something with the youth or whatever and you feel like um, you may want me to come and say something, talk to the youth or whatever, or just be present um, and just like tell the kids, yo, you've got a podcast and this is what you can do if you stay focused and do that, whatever. Not a problem. Um, you know, if I can make it, definitely I, I will be there. Um, like I said, I was totally appreciative when you invited me out, but I, unfortunately I couldn't make it to that event. But I'm sure there will be events down the line that I will be able uh, to make it to. So before we close out, we're going to go one by one. And we're just going to give everybody um, your social media, where they can get in touch with you guys individually, um, if need be. And um, as a group. Sure. So you can follow us, um, our organization at Royal Sisters Project, um, on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, you can follow me personally at Paris Golden on Instagram the, and Facebook. The serial entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you also can reach out to us through email, which is Royal Sister Project at gmail dot com. Um, or our website at royalsisters.com. Um, and my personal <laughs> account is Nigeria, N-I-I-J-J-A-H, and that's how you spell my name in real life. And <laughs> 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 so what? So I was like, oh, do you want me to uh, spell your name, how you spell it on Instagram? I said, that is my that's name. That's how you spell my name. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that was that. Right. Yeah. My Instagram is at underscore have it my dot yay on Instagram. It's, it's a bit much, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> so cool. There you have it, folks. Uh, another great interview, some great informative and fun dialogue with the ladies of the Royal Sisters Project. Uh, if you didn't catch all that information, um, once I get settled back at home later on, uh, we're going to take some pictures and they'll go up post and I'll tag you ladies in it. But, but I will put all of their information uh, in the post so you can reach out to them. Um, and if you don't catch it, you can reach out to me and I can forward you all of their information. Thank you all for tuning in once again to another installment of the interview series of the Sports Rap Podcast. It's your boy, Sports Rap D. You can find me at SportsRap underscore D on Instagram and Twitter, on Facebook, in the group SportsRap Podcast, the webpage, SportsRapRadio.com. Now, be careful, folks, and I'll tell you this every Monday at the end of the show. When you first type it in, it's going to say SportsRap Radio Show. you got to take this show out, so it's just SportsRapRadio.com. YouTube, SportsRap TV. This video will go up once I get back and get to it and edit it. 
Um, and I'll let you ladies know when it goes up. Also, uh, the audio will probably go up tomorrow on Anchor, Google, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and GW District, which is an African-American uh, podcast outlet. That being said, thank you all for tuning in. And enjoy your weekend. Eagles tomorrow versus the Saints. Sixers tonight versus the Blazers. And I'll be right back here with you all on Monday, 11 a.m. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for tuning in.